0: What's up, bitches? Welcome to the next episode of Bitchin' with Brian. Of course, it's your boy, Brian. Um, this week's episode, I think, is going to be really interesting, especially for those of y'all who truly know me, because y'all know I am absolutely a Game of Thrones fanatic. And the new season starts tomorrow, bitches. I'm so stoked. I'm so ready. So, in honor of that, um, I am going to do a collaboration episode again with young Rolanda, and we are gonna do a recap of the first seven seasons as well as our predictions for the next season. And then also, you know, we'll do a little bit about how Game of Thrones has changed our lives, because it's definitely changed me. Um so yeah, you know, we're gonna go ahead and get these bills paid real quick, and then I'm gonna jump right in with Rolanda and we're gonna get going. Are you in need of a daily dose of bitching with Brian? Trust me, I understand. With me posting content weekly, the other six days can seem, you know, melancholy, if you will, depressing. So I want to help you remedy that. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bitchin' with Brian. You can also follow my personal Facebook page at Brian Banks. You'll see this gorgeous face smiling right back at you. And if those two aren't an option for you, feel free to follow me on both Instagram and Snapchat at the underscore Brian Banks. That's T-H-E underscore B-R-I-A-N-B-A-N-K-S. I look forward to um, hearing from you guys soon. If you guys want to let me know that you fucking with what I'm bitching about. Yes. You guys want to comment things. If you have topic suggestions or you just want to drop a line saying hello. All bitching things will be happening on my social media. Yes. I look forward to hearing from y'all soon. All right. All right. You know, welcome, guys. Um, Rolanda is here on the line with us, you know. hey thank you for coming back to my show and thank you for having me on your show because yeah we're doing a collab right now guys
1: i'm your first guest huh yes so today is a hybrid a hybrid episode
0: my god i need me a badge uh you can call (laughs) me hand of the king okay give me a nice little pin
1: Man, oh my gosh, tomorrow's gonna be so good. Like so
0: epic. Everybody I'm gonna cut my phone off. (laughs) Everybody in the world's gonna be watching. Everybody.
1: Right.
0: I'm so ready. Um, so you know, as I said before, we were gonna just discuss the the first seven seasons, sort of a recap of the things that we remember, some some big, some small. And then we were also going to give our predictions on the next season, as well as how Game of Thrones has changed our lives. Because it's life-changing, if you haven't seen it. It's definitely life-changing. Yeah, it (laughs) Um, is. So um, I guess I'll let you kind of take the lead on where you want to start with, and we'll just go from there. Well, what's on your mind? What's on your heart?
1: So I couldn't help but notice when I've been doing my little recap journey, because it's been going for over a year, Mm-hmm. I can't help but notice that um, the writers did a really good job with kind of, like, bringing light to the girl power. Like, a lot of shows like this, like, there's usually, like, a hero and main characters that usually involve, like, men being, like, the highlight. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he's saving the day. But I've looked at this and... Saw it in a different light this time around, and noticed like women are really like doing the thing. they like, are they running the
0: shit for real. Absolutely. They really
1: are, and it's like, and you're gonna get all types of women. So it's like, what kind of woman you want? Do you want somebody <laughs> like for real? Like you, we got all flavors, like pick one you got you know the quiet one that just wants to be like the happy homemaker mm-hmm. that's just down for whatever that stanza. then you got aria who's like a tomboy
0: uh, pretty much right and she's <laughs> like
1: all my life he's been telling me i couldn't really um be a fighter or be you know a knight and shine in shining armor but she's like i'm gonna be a knight and shine armor and be a woman at the same time and then you know she gets to see somebody like Brianna Tarr mm-hmm. who's already kind of like in that role but not necessarily consider a knight but she has this guy that's following her around throughout the whole show that's basically speaking it into existence for her you know like because uh, he's like I'm a bigger squire and she's like knights have squire I'm not a knight and he's Right. Like, I'm your squire. Like, mm-hmm. right. Fuck what, what you you're talking, talking about, right? <laughs> right, and then you have, uh, um, you have what's her name, Cersei. Yes. Lord have mercy. I love her so much. Yes, yeah, she's giving you all the power, and on top of that, she's like, I'm gonna love whoever I want to love, and I don't care if it's my brother, my cousin. <laughs> <their life." laughs>
0: I think it's interesting that you say that because when I first started the show, I felt like it was so realistic in the fact that all the women that you spoke about, they had no power. So you really get to see them throughout their struggles, how they, you know, being around power, but not being directly in power, how that influences them and um, informs their decisions. And then they grow from there. And like, even, uh, I guess, sort of uh, antithesis to Cersei, who is unapologetically powerful. You have Daenerys, who is like, I'm powerful because I have to be. Otherwise, you know, things will go in the shambles or people are going to be slaves. And So I think you're right. It's absolutely women power, girl power, if you will.
2: And, and yeah.
1: Daenerys completely flipped the script. I mean, we originally see her um, be introduced as her brother's slave because their parents died. Right. And then her brother is like, okay, well, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. But you're going to be my slave, and I'm going to use you to get to wherever I need to be right. in life. And ha-ha, you know, it backfires because he sells her to, you know, this king of the, uh, what are they called? The, the, Dothraki, the calls Doth- Dothraki. Dothraki, That's yes. Right. Dothraki, where that was the first time I seen Jason Momo ever in life, and I was like,
2: okay. who is this guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> who is this tall, dark, and handsome? <laughs> And oh, have been a fan ever since. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Hooked you. <laughs> yes, hooked <laughs> from the first episode. But um, it backfired because he was like, "Oh yeah, they gonna they gonna um take my sister, you know? He gonna make him um his wife and have babies, and then I'm gonna get to you know flourish off of that relationship." But uh, nope. He right. Got killed in the process. With N-
0: your then, dumb ass,
1: right? And then Daenerys just been on the rise ever since. And although she's made a few mistakes and learned from them, her man,
0: her story arc, yeah, she hasn't had her- any real major, um, devastating thing that's happened to her. With I guess maybe in the last season with Viseryon, you know, but. <sighs> For the most part, she's been on the consistent rise.
1: Consistent, and she got her little Beyonce thing going on. She just get, for real, she just getting uh, more famous and famous as with everything that she does. And she got a whole hive that's just buzzing. Her. her beehive is strong.
0: I cannot deal with you and <laughs> this real. beehive.
1: <laughs> she got a whole little beehive. She got a beehive. She got a, a Rihanna Navy. She okay. got a, a, she got barbs.
0: <laughs> believers everybody, right? Believer. Anybody, my God.
1: <laughs> she got all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just...
0: Oh, I can't hear you anymore. Can you hear me still?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. A quick mm-hmm. break. Did you hear that? My phone started ringing.
0: Oh no, you just cut out for a little bit. It was just like... Alright. There's no one here now. <laughs> My
1: phone started ringing. You almost. popular girl. Okay. I, I see you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright. So I'm just going to cut. So we're going to end it with the bars and then go back. Alright. Pause. Okay. So I just hope we're not leaving out any more women. I'm trying to think who else there could have been.
0: I mean there's so many iconic women when you think of like Lady Olena or the Queen of Thorns Marjorie's grandmother oh, how she was just yeah. like coming with the smoke like nobody could fuck with her and her clapback game was always on point like yes. she didn't care you know and I think part of that had to do with her age it was like what are you really gonna do to this old woman like she already she, lived her life you know
1: she was the Maya Angelou of <laughs> Game of Thrones okay cause she putting you in your place <laughs> she bringing you some wisdom, a little history, mm-hmm. telling you about yourself. Like, yes, that's yeah. what she was. She was And I, I can't forget the other um lady. I forgot what her name was. That's from the South. From... um From the, Dorn. Elaria Dorn, Sarah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. She was, like, on some, like, I'll take your chick. <laughs> and yo man, but don't play with me because me and my daughters we out here assassinating people right like we I, I got some killers on my like that girl right there she was a she was a whole mess oh, lord
0: and you know we, we can't forget about <laughs> since we're talking about them of course we can't forget about Melisandra, the red woman oh because my God. she she was unapologetically herself as well you know with her and stannis and having sir davos always having something to say about what she's doing he never believed in the lord of light and look at him now asking her to, to resurrect Jon snow like oh you're really? a believer now but you've been arguing with her all of this time you know Listen,
1: she the mother of speaking to existence until yeah, (laughs) no, this don't happen. No, no, until it don't work no more. Yes, yes, because this man wasn't even on that level at all, and she just came up in here, and that's what's so powerful about. When we just so powerful, and she showcases her power of being a woman. And talk about looking to this fire because there's a god that speaks through this fire, and he like, Lady, I don't see nothing. But if you <laughs> he, he, he said, If you say somebody is talking to me through this fire, I'm gonna listen. And he just betrayed everybody because of her.
0: But you know what, though? Um, he did start seeing things in the flames, that That's was the what thing for Stannis, but and I believe him because. You know, um, in the, the last season, the Hound, he hates fire, and he started seeing stuff in the flames. He saw the mountain when they went beyond the wall. That was why they went to that mountain with the arrowhead, because he saw that in the flames. Like, so I think he, he was truly starting to believe, and he might not have been interpreting everything correctly. Like Melisandre is the worst interpreter you could want, because her That's ass right. is wrong all the time. But I believe that he, he had some sort of faith brewing in him that caused him to move forward because you could tell he did not want to kill his daughter.
1: And that's a good segue. Let's talk about faith. So I had a couple little theories. So they do talk about the gods and then there's like the Lord of Light and that's who Melisandra claimed to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also um, another lady, I forgot what her name is, but she's saying that denarius and her oh, having that's dragons. Barash,
0: the first servant of the Lord of Light, yes.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. She's saying that they're all tied to the Lord of Light and he's the one who blessed denarius to even have to be Mother of Dragons. Right. That's neither here nor there. But I have a feeling that um I felt like Melisandre was just a witch. Oh, just all uh, just just like, here pretending. Yeah, she was using the Lord <laughs> of light. You know, how some people just be using God and just be trying to pimp God out to make they money and um rise up in fame. And I think that's what she was doing. She was just using him because he was a man. So, you know, she couldn't get that far without a man because she knew men will follow men. She only needed one man to follow her. Ha ha. Listen to that message, right? (laughs) She needed one man to follow her. (laughs) You're listening, congregation. And then the rest of the world (laughs) will follow him. So
0: I feel like I have a little pushback on that because, Uh -uh. like I said, I think she was just bad at interpreting the signs. It's like like when somebody who only read the Bible a few times they kind of skim through and then they get up and try and do a sermon. It's like you didn't quite put the pieces together. Like because after Stannis died, and you know she fled to Castle Black, she was she was really remorseful. She didn't even want to try and resurrect Jon Snow. Uh, Sir Davos had to beg her, you know, and mm-hmm. and she would even say it all the time, like "I have no power. This for me, I don't have this. I was a slave, I, you know." So I think she she believed she was just just not good at it. <laughs> I
2: mean,
1: <laughs> she ain't she not a uh, what is it a devoted like she just out here um coming on she is seeing me lord of light member
0: uh-uh. <laughs> doing her own renditions of
2: what yeah, the lord Yeah she is
1: seeing me and then she out here acting like she a, a apostle or something just um prophesying and all of that like, she a prophet, and she really ain't prophesizing nothing, Time me. I see this in your future. But I, I feel like she was just using black magic. Like, when she gave birth to the shadow that had his face, it just appeared to me that she was just using black magic, and that's what she used to bring back Jon Snow. But I feel like that other lady that... Um,
2: Kinvara? That
1: Kinvara, she uh-huh. seemed like the real deal.
0: And, you know, so... That's what I'm excited about. That's probably one of the, the most uh, thought about things as far as me for the next season. I mm-hmm. cannot wait because um, Melisandre says she's going back to Volantis. So they have to meet up. And because she's chosen Jon Snow as her champion and Kinvara has chosen Daenerys. So they have to meet up and discuss that. And I think it'll be a very interesting dynamic because as far as I'm concerned, Kinvara is a, a, above Melisandre when it comes to their hierarchy Mm -hmm. so I think it'll be an interesting dynamic to see those two talk I I think about that quite often I cannot wait actually
1: I feel like she's gonna sit her down and put her in her place
0: (laughs) come on come here (laughs) get on the knees
1: (laughs) right bend the knee you know and and let me learn you something cause you ain't you out here making the Lord of Light look like a liar and a thief
2: Right. cause
0: man okay well Let's go all the way back before we even met Melisandre uh, to season one Mm -hmm. when, you know, we're sort of meeting everybody. um, I believe in that first episode, that's when uh, King Robert is coming down. Well, in the very beginning, we see the White Walkers first and Mm -hmm. we see the guy who deserted uh, the Night's watch because he's like, fuck this. We are not prepared for no ice on. getting the fuck up out of here. (laughs) Like, you know, as far south as I can get. (laughs) And so, you know, they behead him. Um, and then we see the king, uh, King Robert Baratheon, and his family, uh, you know, Cersei Lannister, her brother Jamie, whom she's fucking, um, and her three illegitimate children by Jamie. And they all, you know, come down making this big hullabaloo because they want.
1: Hullabaloo. Yes, you know,
0: I'm pulling all the stops out yes! today. <laughs>
1: You bring it out the country, y'all.
0: Yes, they carrying about and all of this because they want Ned Stark, who at the time is the warden of the North, and Robert Baratheon's closest friend, um, to be the hand of the king, which is like his right hand man, pretty much. And, um, you know, I think for me personally, the first couple episodes were really hard for me to get through because I thought it was kind of slow, and I was just getting annoyed, like, uh, like. You know, but mm-hmm. as, it, as it progressed, and I think once they made it down to King's Landing, you start to see the small council meetings. I think that was when I really started to understand exactly what kind of world this was playing, sort of um, playing out to be. And right when we got up to Ned Stark's death, I, I, that was so life-changing for me. That's one of the life-changing moments because in that time when they had, I felt like I was one of the... The people in the crowd. Like, I was looking like, no, Uh like, there's no way you can kill Ned. Like, that's our father. That's our warden of the north. Like, you know, like, no, no. He's the main character. Like, there's no way something's going to happen. Somebody's going to come up. They're going to stop him. And they cut this man's head off, and I was (laughs) devastated. I mean, devastated. Like, I I was clutching my chest. Like, oh my God. Like, my heart was, I had heart palpitations. I had to.
1: You had to go to the ER for terrible. a second. <laughs> you
0: know, I had to take a break. I had to put my arms up, doing slow breathing methods. It was terrible. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. And I still can't believe it. To this day, I just, oh, oh it changed my life.
1: It, that, and that's how they got me. But you know what, to be honest, I didn't watch um, Game of Thrones until it was already in like season six-ish. I, five or six, I think. And um, that after the first episode, I was like, "Okay, I think I can watch another episode and from episode two on I was hooked, but when they killed him, I was like, "How dare they? Mm-hmm. I just started watching this show
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: like how can people go on living like this and it, i mean it it really felt like you lost somebody in your yes. family like you're like and that's what's so great about this show is like they bring you through all of the emotions that people are um feeling like whether it's a evil emotion or you know some type of guilt or hurt or joy you you feel all of it and you right. feel like you're a part of the story like very
0: captivating very captivating.
1: it is it, it is especially with like uh, skipping ahead but with Cersei having to go through her walk of shame
0: Yeah, like what her ass uh, get. I love
1: Cersei, but uh, yeah, and with all of that, like with everything that she had did up until that point, you kind of felt like, "Dang, is this necessary?" Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you didn't even want to be like, "Oh, that's what she get," because normally that's how we are. But you really wanted to be like, dang.
0: You have empathy for her. That's it's right. crazy. Like, she was, she's a villain at one point. But then at the next point, you're empathizing with her. And you're like, I'm sorry mm-hmm. that you're going through this. And then you feel like she's a mother. So you empathize with that part of her, too. Like, all of the characters are so multifaceted. And they have so many layers. And that's what I love. Right. I love that. I, I just, I'm still not, I'm still upset that Ned Stark is dead. I will never get over it. And then I think for me, too, it was, like, after he died, because that was episode nine, I was just kind of like, okay, so where are they going to go? Like, he's the main character. Like, who are they going to talk about? And then the next episode, you see Daenerys hatch the dragon is, and you're just like, oh, fuck. Some shit is about to go down. And that was the end of the season. So it's just kind of like, that kind of keeps you giddy, because it's like, ooh, dragons. Who doesn't love dragons, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And I think what I love, too, is that they don't overuse the dragons. They are... They're a part of the show, and they definitely play a key role in the show, but they are not the show. You know, right? Like, it's. I don't. Know. I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah, and as a viewer, sometimes you'll know more than the characters know, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then sometimes you don't know as much as the characters know. And it, and I get this moment of like, I still can't let go of some characters because a lot of people that you get used to end up, you know. Dying, but I'd be thinking to myself, I wonder if so and so was still alive. Like, uh-huh. what would, you know, like, where would the story be with the new knowledge that I just found? You know? Okay, it, I see. It's crazy. It's like literally you're thinking about it as if, you know, you truly know these people. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> Stark would have never let that happen. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, I know your daddy wouldn't have, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it's just crazy okay so season two
0: yes I think the first episode of season two is when we meet Melisandre and Stannis I think that's how they start off if it's not the first one it's the second one for sure Um,
1: yes because this is when everybody's like well I'm gonna be king or I'm gonna be king it's like like calm down like two people died and now everybody don't know how to act
0: right everybody out here walling everybody (laughs) think they got a claim to the throne throne they know they have no business going after
1: like it makes you want to think like what was life like up until that point where we were introduced right when stuff started to hit the fan like because we were introduced like we met the king And he's like, okay, I'm going to go on this little hunting trip. And then by the end of the episode, he was dead, right? Or it was like the next episode, he died.
0: The king, he he died in like episode 6 or 7, something like that, of the first season. Okay, I
1: guess it just kind of all melted together, like...
0: Yeah, so like, from my understanding, like, because Cersei had been the queen for 19 years. So, after Robert's Rebellion, when they killed all the Targaryens, um, except for Daenerys and um, Viserys, they had peace you know they didn't have any that's why Robert Baratheon was upset he was like the realm is just plotting and scheming now it's no more wars we haven't had a good fight in this long he was so mm-hmm. hell-bent on war and he felt like the Targaryens were going to rise up against him which is why he wanted to keep sending assassins to kill Daenerys um, which is part of the reason why Ned Stark wanted to leave and why he revoked his title as Hand of the King at first because he was like I'm not gonna kill a little girl who lives halfway across the world just because I'm scared she might come back and try and you know
1: right and
0: and take the throne like no um speaking of Daenerys baby girl in season two um she's walking through the the red waste after she has hatched her dragon eggs um after the dragon eggs hatched all of the Dothraki that sort of stayed with her um when they see her come out of the flames unburnt and she got the dragon eggs they just bow to her they know like that's our bitch we're down for her Mm -hmm. we're cutting for her but they starving they ain't got no food no money nothing so they're going through the red waste and they eventually get to the city called karth um and you know in hopes of taking refuge there and getting back nourished up to health. um oh i'm trying to think of all the other characters uh this time Arya is um who is ned stark's daughter his youngest daughter she on the
1: run cut off her hair acting like a
0: boy uh Mm -hmm. on the
1: run and hiding because you know now with her dad dead and she has older brothers that like okay well y'all killed our dad so now we can come for you everybody's gonna try to knock them out so that that's the least of their worries so you know it's very necessary that she's on the run because with women women end up just getting raped and um you know, sold off as wives. And...
0: Right. And they already have Sansa Stark, who is her older sister because she was betrothed to now King Joffrey. Um, so it's like they already got one of your sisters. You're raging war against them, but they also capture Jamie Lannister, uh, the Stark side. So you have Jamie captured with the Starks, and then you have Sansa, who's a, a captive pretty much in King's Landing. And then the, the two families are going to war.
1: And this was a very important moment for Sansa's story because she was very, like, giddy and like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to be uh-huh. a princess and can't uh-huh. wait to become a queen. Like, this is what I always wanted. Dumbass. Oh, I'm down for being, you know, paired up to marry him. Um, and come to find out, Joffrey, one of them kids that you just knew, like, even if you probably whooped him, he probably, he probably still would be a little off but he was one of those kids like somebody need to whoop his ass like he didn't know how to act
0: yeah there was one scene though when he tried to get Malty to Cersei and she slapped the fuck out him and everybody hey. in the throne room was looking like ooh and he and, gonna say don't you ever
1: <laughs> cause that's treasonous cause I'm a king and everybody in that room At that moment, was looking like boy, bye, like Mm -hmm. that's your mama, and we all was waiting for her to do that anyway. King and no king, like boy, go sit down. He, he, yeah, he didn't know how to act. He was just so nasty. And Sansa was learning what the real world was like because she was definitely sold that like fairy tale Disney World land. I mean, Disney dream (laughs) of like Disney dream of. There's a prince and right. he's gonna love his wife and we're gonna live happy le- happily ever after in our castle and people are gonna adore us and she had no idea what the world was gonna be like and right. that's the worst part about her story is that you keep seeing how disappointing the world is and she's losing that that, that um, innocence, innocence. Mm-hmm. yeah that innocence that happiness and it's just everything around her is just
0: but you know what I I feel like I agree but then I also have some pushback because in addition to her being innocent she was also naive because Arya Arya wasn't <laughs> like that Arya understood right. A little bit more about how the world works. And she's younger than you. So a lot of that you just fail to look at. Your mama told you it's not as easy as you think. You don't really want to go marry this boy. You don't know him. Your daddy told you that. Like, you had people who you supposedly looked up to and whom you admired telling you that things are not always as they seem. And you were just like, nope, you're lying. Yes, they are. And it's like, well, your dumb ass going to learn the hard way.
1: Right. But here was her problem, y'all. She had pretty girl syndrome. <laughs> because Aria wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't the beautiful sister. And she just had a little bit more spunk to her. So with, I think with her knowing, first of all, I'm second in line. Because whatever comes first, my sister's going to get first. I'm second in line. And I'm, like, way younger than her. Like, I have to find my own lane. Mm-hmm. She said she already knew as a kid, like, that's not going to be my lane. Right. And um, even though her dad was like, well, eventually you're going to have that. And she's like, nah, teach me how to fight. Like, I just need to learn how to fight. Right. <laughs> like, I don't even think I want that lane. And um, Santa just, you know, with her just being very beautiful and pretty, like, that was all she knew. No matter what anybody told her. Like, she just thought, I can live off of my looks. <laughs>
0: Huh? You know, that's what Cersei thought for a, for a while too. I'm sure,
1: mm-hmm. well, even though she was told back then, exactly, that, hey, somebody else gonna come along,
0: younger and prettier.
1: <laughs> hey.
0: taking all that you hold dear, mm-hmm. casting that ass aside.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, don't, don't, um, take all of this and think that this is just gonna be your whole life, cause it ain't.
0: I think also uh, between season three is when we got a lot of really good um, Varys and Littlefinger clips. Um, those were some of my favorite scenes because at that time, you don't really know who to trust. You don't know what Littlefinger is up to. You don't know what Lord Varys is up to. You know, you saw Varys kind of conspiring before Ned Stark was dead and, and talking in the dungeon. So you're not really sure if he's really on our side because at this point, we're all Starks. You
2: know, yeah. um, so you, could, was-
1: you could see the little rivalry going on with with them because they both serve the throne right. and you could see that like, OK, wait, you're ser- you're working together, but you're also working against each other. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know which one was, I guess, the lesser of the evils. Right. And we eventually learn who <laughs> which one is. Um, but yeah, little so Littlefinger, a.k.a. Um, Lord um, Peter Baelish. Baelish, yes. Mm-hmm. Baelish. That sucker there. First of all, he was a, he wasn't a madam. What was it? He was just a pimp, huh? He just had a pimp with a whorehouse. <laughs> oh yeah, he
0: was the um, brothel keeper.
1: <laughs> yeah, the brothel keeper. I'm mm-hmm. like, what is the right term yes.
2: for that? So he had <laughs> a <his> madam. Own, <laughs> right, like
1: he had his <laughs> own little underground business that basically helped him um, in two worlds, so it helped him with his underground secret life of just, you know, grimy, gritty, dirty stuff. But it also helped him when it came to working um, for the throne, because this was the best way to blackmail people, because he's like, I know all the knights and all the people, who right. anybody gonna come up in here and, you know, pay for our services, so.
0: And not only that, but he was using the women to be spies for him as well, oh, so yeah. they getting all this information, they fucking the men, and like, oh, so what's y'all next battle move? <laughs> and then, like, they passed it along to Lloyd Baylor, so he was right. always finding a way to stay in the loop.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, he took that and used it for what it was worth and it definitely helped him get to where he, I guess, needed to be. He still wasn't the man, the man, but you know he got enough respect and enough fear out of people to put him in high places. So,
0: especially considering the fact that I mean he wasn't really even a lord or or anything. He was just kind of he was just
2: <laughs> he just worked for the king. Yeah, like, and he like just so had a job.
0: He right, but he he utilized that. You know his famous line, "Chaos is a ladder." He definitely used all of the chaos around him to elevate himself in every aspect. Yes, Lucy. Excuse me for that um, yawn. No, look. Sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Oh, and that season, also. Okay, so Daenerys, her dragons get stolen um, and taken to the House of the Undying by Oh my um,
1: gosh,
0: Pie Prius, and- I believe is his name, the Warlock.
1: And that was a really great episode because we still don't know too much about this world and slowly but surely every season we get to learn more about this world like how there's different gods that people serve there's different types of magic right um and that episode kind of just like really threw us for a loop because they're in that city and they're about to go rescue these dragons from this tower and they're walking in this like circle of a tower trying to find a way to get in and then boom she's in without ever using a door and then it's kind of like the matrix a little bit you know it's like in this room you got this going on in this room you got that going on and it was playing with her mental because she had two um people that was near and dear to her that was dead her baby that she that born at um that died at birth and her husband that she that died Got black magic to bring him back to life and then ended up having to kill him because whenever you use magic, you don't necessarily know what you're getting. And he was alive, but he wasn't himself. So she ended up having to kill him. And I just I love the fact that um, she was able to be smart enough to to get through that whole uh, psychological journey of getting her dragons without getting sucked into the falling into the hands of the the magic and letting that control her
0: I agree you know and um more to that she saw that first vision like you said of Khal Drogo and her son Rago and then Mm -hmm. the second one she saw um the throne room and it was destroyed and it's snowing inside of there and -hmm. you know each and each one i think it's important to note that like she reached out to she wanted to touch karl drogo and rego but then she pulls back because she hears the dragon screeching and then she moves on to the next sort of visual um magic and then that's when she sees the throne room and she reaches out to touch the throne but then she hears the dragon and she pulls away and then the final one is her at the wall um and then she hears the dragons again. And that's when she's finally actually with the dragons and the warlocks use their magic to chain her into the room. And that's when they reveal to her that the dragons, uh, when they were born, the warlocks, they got their magic back. And the warlocks are strongest in the presence of the dragons. And the dragons are strongest in the presence of Daenerys because she's their mother and she birthed them. So it was very, like you said, it was very telling.
1: I loved how they showed her everything that she wanted and she had to decide mm-hmm. at that point in time which one was more important. And, and being a mother right. of dragons and, and fulfilling her mission was more important than, li- you know, um, living with her dead husband and baby or just go ahead right. and sit down at the throne because boom, it's right there. Like, you don't got to do nothing right. for it. You're already here. So, yeah, I thought that was... I thought that was cool. I love when um, there's some type of, like, psychology thrown into it because it, I, it just says a lot about the character. We learn more and learn more yeah, of,
0: little yeah, subtle hints. Yeah, we just
1: learn more about what people are capable of.
0: I think, too, I love the fact that she had already taught the dragons how to breathe fire. Yes. Um, some previous episodes before that happened. So, she was like, oh, you think I'm about to stay in this tower? Like, nah. And your was <laughs> ass and
1: burned everybody up and walked out. Like, let's go. Yes. And from now on, if I tell you to do that, you better do it.
0: <laughs> you know?
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm
0: trying to think of anything, the major things in the, in the season. I think that was definitely one of them when she left Cars. um, I'm totally biased to Daenerys, so I remember a lot more of what she went through I, <laughs> than um, I think Tyrion
1: else. was going through some stuff um, then, too.
0: Is this when he was the Hand of the, of the King? Because yeah. Tywin was away, and that's when he um, threw uh, um, Maester Parcell in jail because he was spying for Cersei. Uh, I feel like that was season three.
1: Maybe two and three. No, because he had to become the Hand of the King first. So I think.
0: That was season two when he got captured by that that tribe Mm -hmm. or whatever. So he. Okay.
1: And that character there, man, he is just like you're cheering for him the whole time. And he always makes it out. And it's his mouthpiece. Yeah, exactly. Physically, the weakest person out of everybody, but mentally one of the
0: strongest. Absolutely. That sort of reminds me of the conversation he had with Lord Varys about power. And, you know, Varys tells him power resides where men believe it resides. And a very small man can cast a Mm -hmm. large shadow. I think that was the perfect way to sum up Tyrion. Like, yes, you might look like this, but people know Are they fearful of you because of your connections and and who you are? Um, And you're right. He's one of the people that you always sort of root for throughout everything. And
1: I'm I'm seeing Game of Thrones as an equal opportunity show. (laughs) Because, again, so you know how I was saying they were speaking power into women. But they also Mm -hmm. show somebody that has, you know, a disability that is, you know, a little bit different from everybody else, but they're holding him to a higher standard in the show. And
0: right. And they show that he's very capable, capable, more capable than, 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 other yeah, people, than, actually.
1: than most people. And the thing about it is, it's like, he's important. They need him. Like, so it, mm-hmm. it's just, I feel like if you compare him into like women's struggles, it's like a lot of times people sleep on them because they're like, oh, they're not smart enough or they're not strong enough or they can't do that. And when you, whenever you treat somebody like that, especially like Aria or you're too little, you're, you're too this, you're too that, they sit back and they observe And they soak in all of that stuff. And it's like, while everybody else was stroking their own egos, they've learned by just observing and kind of watching and seeing how people treat them. And they're better people than anybody else.
0: But I think that that can be said about all of the main characters True. because, I mean, even John, he was a True. bastard, so he was ostracized. Yeah. He was never allowed to do the same things Family issues. his brothers and sisters Equal were. Equal opportunities.
1: Right. Look, he got daddy yeah. issues. He, you know, we got, we got somebody that's <laughs> a dwarf. Lady Stark hated yeah, his so ass. so we got daddy issues, dwarfism. We got, you know, little sister living in the shadow syndrome. <laughs> Pretty girl uh-huh. syndrome. <laughs> You I know. mean, there's multiple, um, you know, daddy issues going on. We have, um, uh, what's his name, from um, the Iron,
2: uh Oh, Theon, Theon or Reek.
1: A.K.A. Reek. Reek. <laughs> yes. So, Theon, we got <laughs> Jon Snow, and then we also have uh, old Dude, uh starts with a D. Why am I bad with these people's names? Like, Brian, he got everybody's names down a lot. You know, I'll do what I, I can. <laughs> we got um, the other guy that uh, cut off Rick's penis.
2: Oh, Ramsey. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, we got him Crazy with daddy Ramsay.
2: issues.
1: So, and we see the different dynamics of, like, how it affected each person differently. But at the same time, right. they're all in the same. And then we get right. somebody who wasn't originally, you know, crippled that is now crippled, who possibly is gonna be like the guy that people need. Like he's gonna be the puzzle piece to everything. So again, equal opportunity. <laughs> this is the equal opportunity show. They got a representation for almost everybody. And we got some black people up in there.
2: Hey, hey Miss <laughs> People girl, great.
1: You know, and they, they we, live in one of the best parts of the world, like where it's warm. They don't gotta worry about mm-hmm. all these, you know, uh it's whenever winter comes, they know they like the, the last of the right.
0: <laughs> We're gonna survive the last Right. So
1: all the people of color <laughs> living in the south just flourishing with their gardens and they, you know, they gardens <laughs> like their you. their pure life or whatever, you know, with with all the ports and imports and all that stuff. They just flourishing. So I think uh I don't I, I just The first time I looked at it, it was really, like, entertainment. And then the second time I was starting to watch the show, it's just, like, so many things really started to stick out to me about the overall story.
0: I agree. It's just so good. It is. One of my favorite um, seasons, though, is season three. Because, like I said, I'm very biased to Daenerys. And this is when she gets the Unsullied. And she burned a a crassness, I believe his name Mm -hmm. is. And, and she, that's how I feel like was her really her first like boss move because the guy is, he's, she pretty much so she goes to a slave city and she wants to purchase slave soldiers, but she has an issue because she doesn't agree with slavery having been a slave herself. So she's listening. Uh, the guy has a translator who is Masande one of the black people we was talking about. We love you girl. And, um, you know, she's translating for him, but he's being really rude and nasty, calling her a bitch, a cunt, all this other stuff. And he doesn't realize that Daenerys speaks the language that he's speaking in. So she just keep her cool, you know, let him talk his shit, let the translator translate. She continues speaking in English, you know, like nothing happens. Uh, She decides to make a deal with him to get all of his soldiers that are there, as well as the ones he has in training, in addition, or in exchange for one of her dragons, the largest one, Mm Drogon, who we know and love. So... You know, they come in, set everything up, and she tells all of the soldiers after they make the deal to kill all the masters and kill every soldier except for, you know, any women and children. Kill, all the, kill everybody, pretty much. So the guy is like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'm y'all master. I don't know what she thinks she's doing. No, I'll kill her ass. And then she tells the dragon to burn him alive on that ass. I loved it. That's one of my favorite favorite Daenerys moments absolutely
1: yeah and that's when we really start to see her like who what type of person she is she starts uh, to realize her and potential. what type of leader she wants to be but drawing this back again to like real life and what this story is representing this is the the precursor to the civil rights movement of, of <laughs> okay. worlds, you know it really is and if you really think about it slavery was only really popular in the South. And it's like that in Westeros.
0: That's true. That's very true because they don't have any slaves in the North. And in fact, the guy whom she has advising her, um, Jorah Mormont, would, had to flee Westeros and go over to Essos because he sold people into slavery. And that's why Ned Stark wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely right. There.
1: And on top of that, him thinking that he was smarter and better than her, and just saw, the, oh, it's just some little girl with blonde hair. She don't understand a word I'm saying. Don't sleep on these Europeans. They know like five languages, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so why you, you over here, just like, oh, I got my translator. Like I'm gonna say whatever I want. You don't know these, what this person may know. They right. knew everything he was saying, but she played the part, and that's what you know. Michelle Obama when she said when they go high you go low don't show out this is we're gonna get to the lessons that we're learning from um, <laughs> Game of Thrones because it shows you some real cool like life lessons
0: well and I think it's funny that you say that because that's another one of the ways that I feel like it has changed me like like and I think it's, it's probably just a power play mm-hmm. I don't know I'm totally a bitch <laughs> but like I'll just let people talk like Oh, so that's what you think. And then she's like, I'll just let them finish. Like, this about to go down. Out, and I let them get it all out. And then it's like, well, actually, this how this shit is about to go. You may have thought that, but let me let you know. I love that about Daenerys. She do that all the time. She let people talk their shit. And then it's like, are, are you done? Okay. Now let me tell you the real. Mm-hmm. I love
1: that.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. Let people dig their own graves. Mm-hmm.
1: She says, "Sleep on me if you want to, because... All mm-hmm. I can do is show you better than I can tell you. What's the point of right. you telling me telling you? You're just going to laugh in my face anyway. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and
0: yep. Yeah. I think um, this is the season also that um, Jon Snow, I think he finally goes beyond the wall and is when he meets Egrid and he gets captured, you know, by the Wild He kills half uh, Halfhand and all that fun stuff. That's when he falls in love with her and, he has his whole. That's when he starts to realize that the Wildlings are not as bad as he had been led to believe and that he might be on the wrong side of the war.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> and
1: on top of that, we see more of the Stark family trying to seek revenge for the father's death. And we kind of yes. see what their fate is. But um, we get to learn more about Lady Stark you know because at first she yes. was still the quiet little wife and now she's like oh i gotta hold down the fort since you know my husband's gone and,
0: and she was such a strong woman even when there was there right she's very strong
1: and she didn't have to overpower him she let him be the the leader the head of the house but when it was her time to come in and to to take over it's like she just picked up right where he left off like Uh Like it was nothing. So it kind of shows you a little bit of lesson of like the marriage dynamic and how marriage should be as a team. Right.
0: But then it also shows, too, I think a little bit of her dark side, because at this time, this is when her son Rob Stark has married to Lisa after he agreed to marry Walter Frey's daughter. So he's broken an oath at this time. And when she's making um, she's making like a dream weaver or some shit for Bran, because. She wanted him to wake up or she was worried about him, his help. Mm-hmm. And Robb Stark's wife um, came up to him and, or up to her, excuse me. And she was asking if she could help, if she could make one. And that's when she starts telling the story about how, when Jon Snow first came into the picture after Ned came back from Robert's rebellion and how devastated she was by that and how hurt she was that her husband, whom had been faithful to her all this time, came back with a child. And then she was just expected to take care of this child and to nurse this child and love this child. And as much as she tried to, she just couldn't. She just hated him. She felt like when she would look in his eyes, she would see the eyes of his mother like a stranger staring back mm-hmm. at her. I thought that was really powerful to help us really understand the fuel that drives her and, and why she was the way she was towards him all his life. Even though I feel like there's no justification because a child never asked to be born. So no matter how you feel about it, she was fucked up for that. But that also makes the character more human. And you realize that these are things that people really think and do and go through. So I thought Mm -hmm. it was a very interesting moment for her.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because it didn't necessarily mess with their marriage. It just only messed with her relationship with how she raised her kids.
0: Well, I think, though, like... I think that it's because she knew that her duty was to still be with Ned Stark. Like,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: think it's almost, I, I equate it to, like, nowadays, if if a guy cheats on his girl, the girl get mad at the other girl instead of the guy. Like, she took it out on the other person instead of the, the one person who actually hurt her, you know?
1: Right, which I was kind of, like, raised differently because I I came from a blended family, Mm -hmm. and from all the information that I knew, it was, like, my mother and my siblings' mothers never came for each other. Like, the only person that they could be frustrated with was my dad, which makes perfect sense to me because you don't know what...
0: That were... person's
1: telling the other person exactly, exactly. And you know, like now with the Game of Thrones situations, people know, like, okay, with him being a lord, so he's somebody in the public eye. Like, okay, you know, he married, right? But you never know; he could be probably saying, "Oh, I was gonna kill her, execute her <laughs> for treason or something." You know what I'm saying? So it's you know, there's a different dynamics there, but. Nevertheless, she she remained to be a, la- a lady and, yes. you know, kept her household going on. So she didn't stop that.
0: Yes, what else? I think, oh, Tyrion becomes, finally becomes the Hand of the King now. After his travels, he's gotten back uh, to King's Landing, and Cersei is not happy about him being the Hand of the King because without an acting Hand of the King, she had a lot more power and authority. But with him stepping in as Hand of the King... Her power is greatly diminished because he holds that title, and his word is going to supersede hers and in, in everything unless she got like a, a spy or something that is loyal to her only, like Maester Parcel, whom Tyrion mm-hmm. had thrown in jail.
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I hate and,
1: and we also get to see the um relationship between Bri- Brien and uh, Jamie Lannister.
0: Yes, that was changed a
1: little bit. Yeah, they changed a little bit. She went from being somebody that um, was just taking him as a prisoner and you know delivering him for a mission mm-hmm. to them really actually growing close and right. um, and they if they had to they would kill for each other.
0: I think that the main reason that she changed is because he told her the story. Of, Cause this is at this time he had already gotten his hand chopped off, so this he's opening up, he's becoming more vulnerable, and he tells her the story of why he killed the Mad King, A.K.A. the Mad King is Daenerys' dad. In case you guys don't aren't keeping up, but yes. So once she finds out that you know the Mad King was gonna burn everybody in the city, and he commanded uh, Jamie to kill his own father and bring his father's head, and he's like, you know, what do you do? Do you obey your father like the law says or do you obey your king like the law says do you watch him kill innocent people or do you save those people And he saved everybody by killing the king the mad king and then he was still a social pariah and called the king slayer and had his his name tarnished his image tarnished and for a long time he tried to wear it as if it were a badge of honor but deep down it, it really bothered him that nobody saw the 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 goodness in him or the good deed that he had done it was seen in a negative light and I think that it's just the characters are so well written man it's like there's no straight just there's no there's no one-sided character like everything is nuanced so perfectly and they're all they're people man they're real people
1: yeah and let's sit on this real quick if for those who don't know too much about the show so Jamie Lannister is a part He comes from the Lannister house where their family um, symbol is the lion. So, you know, strong strength, the wealthy family. Right. And, you know. The wealthiest
0: family in in Westeros.
1: And they can run things because they have money and because they've just been good at, like, um, being honorable with how they spend the money and paying their debts and all of that stuff. Yeah,
0: Lannister always pays his debts.
1: Yeah, that's their motto. But the thing about it is is that you know he's just this beautiful knight in shining arm arm um in armor or whatever and his dad is known as a great war chief i guess or war hero like he's he is known for um just doing well in battles he can plan them and and just
2: Make yeah. it happen.
1: Like, if right. you want somebody to go fight a war for you, like, that's your guy. So he's, you know, the heir to that, and he's the one that's supposed to kind of take, you know, take over that once his dad is long um, gone or whatever. So he's taking this role of supposedly to be, you know, like, the best knight on, you know, on the king's roster. I forgot what they're actually called. The king's guard. The king's guard, so it's the most highest as knight position that you can have and you know they're great swordsmen and stuff like that so you know like these people are like they're pretty much like FBI secret service like right. top notch security of the world mm-hmm. and so, okay <laughs> Right. <laughs> so he you know was gonna live and fulfill that destiny that you know was set out for him and to make his dad proud and all of that stuff and then for him to you know basically be known as the Kingslayer. Like, some people still respect him as, you know, this knight in shining armor, but he's also you know, Jamie Lannister aka Kingslayer. Right. Which, it, you know, just kind of it's this, like, you know, how Michael Jackson's like, oh, you're oh, Michael Jackson's king of pop, but there's rumors about this whole, you know, child Thing, so it's right. like this this mark on his credit history right. that just won't
2: credit <laughs> it just
1: won't die, you know. Yes. It, it's not letting him get the the eight hundred that he needs. He's like at a good seven hundred. So, um, to see that and um, Brienne, who's like the up and coming woman version, all she wants to do is just be this noble woman killer or whatever and she doesn't even want people to like see her as a woman first she wants people to see her as just this great swordsman or swordswoman. um and so this is somebody that technically she could have idolized but now she sees him as this you know criminal and it's like you're putting people who um, hold this position you're giving them a bad name now you know that type of thing and so this is somebody that she could possibly look up to and she originally was like, well, now you're my prisoner and and now she's getting to see the more uh, human side of it and to, to just let you know, like everything that glitters is not gold. Like serving, because that's all she wants to do is serve somebody noble. She wants to serve a Lord or serve a King. And it's like, when you're serving these people, you have to remember, like they have to make decisions that's not popular to everybody. And you either run with it or you, you do what's right.
0: Right. Even it's, at the expense of your own character. Uh, and at yeah, the expense of your own reputation.
1: Yeah. Or your own morals. Period. Right. You know? It's like, okay, you want to work... Hey, it's not uh-huh. all what it's cracked up to
0: be. Sarah Huckabee Sanders lying.
1: Right. Against. You know, mm-hmm. we got the, you know, war in Iraq. Like, do you really want to be associated with that or do you <laughs> you, know? you you know, it might be just better to be just a normal person that, you know, that just boxes every once in a while. Like just be a great fighter and just keep it at that. Um, so and that's again like that whole overall theme of just like game of thrones is just teaching you about life in general because we're we're seeing it from this old medieval time frame but it still applies to like everything that we go through nowadays
2: Absolutely, and i think that's
1: what that gives them their um popularity because it's very relatable even though these are stuff that like we would never have to face in life like we never have to like um travel on horses everywhere or like deal with dragons and
0: um I dealt with a dragon earlier today I don't know what you're (laughs) talking
2: about but uh... (laughs) but
1: yeah
0: Uh, man I just it's just so it's so amazing I love it like I'm trying to think of what else happened in that season. It was such a good season and such an in-depth season. Um,
1: that is when Tyrion... So we're on season three, right? Yes. So Tyrion loses his uh, right hand to the king. I think this was the episode where he loses that power. And that's when... Um, Tywin comes back? Ty- yeah, their dad comes back Yeah, and takes so it.
0: he had it for a short period within the season. And then Tywin comes back. Um Wait, wait, I think maybe we've, we've skipped ahead too much because I mean, I think we're um, what we're talking about now happened already because Tyrion was no longer hand of the king after the battle of Blackwater Bay And that happened in season two, it's episode 10. And that's when he got his face cut. So at the start of season three is when he lost his power as the um, hand of the king. That's right. Because he led the the battle of the Blackwater, um, the troops, so yeah, all of the stuff we said about him being hand of the king happened in season two, and oh, then
1: and we forgot to mention in season two um, that Daenerys almost you know got married to oh, some to people
0: Zora Zora Don Doxin or some shit ass. Yeah,
1: yes the black rich man trying to you know spit some game to finesse her basically to steal her dragons from her yes um so he wooed her and wooed her but it was playing her the whole time right he actually I-
0: worked with the warlocks and and he commanded them to take the dragons and he was lying he wasn't he said he was the richest man in cart but he actually was broke as shit when she opened the safe wasn't nothing in there he was just right. lying
1: and she left him to die in there too, she, after the, she saved him. With babies. the girl
0: who mm-hmm. betrayed her, one of her servants, yes.
1: So, which this was important too for her storyline because she was still very um sweet at that point in time. And that's mm-hmm. what kind of started to introduce her a little bit more into the world and um to put her guard up with people because right. Um, Just because they're they saying
0: all these nice words and stuff. Yeah,
1: then, that was the easy one. It was too easy for him to get her, but she she escaped by the the hair on her chinny chin chin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she barely made it up out of that thing, but it was definitely a lesson that um, I think she took with her moving forward. Like, nah, one I would ain't hope, here. right? and she like <laughs> I ain't even here for getting married no more. Actually, I already done been married. Like. Anybody trying to come marry me now, nah, we could probably sleep together if' cute <laughs> enough, but what we're not gonna do is get married, so I think um that definitely um built her up a little bit
0: and then I think from there she just kept going like we said in season three, she got the unsullied, but she also got the second sons as well to follow under her um mm-hmm. because she i guess she wooed over. Uh, Dario Naharis, and he killed his two comrades so that he could become the sole leader and then serve her. Um, it's just uh, there's so many things that happen to so many different people. Um, what else happens in that season? That it, it was a good season, man. It was just it was probably one of the better ones with just how things. Tywin is back in that season, as we discussed. So mm. you get to see the power dynamic from Tywin, how he runs things, and you get to see how much of a badass he actually is, because he commands respect from everybody. He even, mm-hmm. and, and actually in this one, he even has a time where he goes up to Joffrey. Um, I don't know if it's season three, it might be in season four, but Joffrey is sitting on the throne, being a little brat, and Tylan walks right up to that throne and was like, I don't know who you think you're dealing with, but you got me fucked up. Like, they was this having together.
1: they was having a whole staff meeting where they were supposed to technically so these staff meetings that they have, they're supposed to give the king, you know, their thoughts and um basically
0: Tell him what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, and mm-hmm. basically
1: suggest like I highly recommend you do X, Y, and Z as your next move. And when he came back as the hand of the king, he was like, Oh yeah, okay, yeah, you got the title or whatever, but I'm about to run these meetings and you can be in the room, but I don't need you here. <laughs> <type> yeah. <thing. laughs>
0: I mean, like he he's the one who started the, the legacy. He's the patriarch of the family. Like he all the money is his as far as he's concerned. He's the Lord right. of Castle Rock, so
1: He's like, you can be the face of the kingdom right now, but at right. the end of the day, I'm running this, okay?
0: Right, and he definitely <laughs> and he said, um, carried himself like that. And
1: he said, actually, as a matter of fact, I think you might need a nap. Go, go yes. take a nap.
0: <laughs> that, okay, so in season three, the, one of the main things we haven't talked about yet was the Red Wedding when Rob Stark and them died, and that's what led to that scene where they got the news that Rob mm-hmm. Stark and Lady Stark had been dead, and um, uh, they, showed, they told Tyrion and Tyrion at this time had been married to Sansa they married her off to the imp and Joffrey said he wanted to show Rob Stark's head to her at um at his wedding and Tyrion was like hell no that's my wife and then everybody else was like actually that's your aunt as well now um Joffrey <laughs> because that is your uncle and she's married to your uncle so that's your aunt by law you so she's a that. Stark
1: yeah she's a Stark now
0: and like she
1: um I mean he- not Stark Lannister now <laughs>
0: Right, right. She's a Lannister, right? So that's your family. You can't do that to her. And he was like, everybody is mine A to torment your little monster. One of my favorite lines when Tyrion was like, oh, a monster. Perhaps you should speak more softly to me then because <laughs> just now kings are dying like flies. <laughs> well, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and he could not believe it. That's when he started going off and then Tywin sent that ass to bed. <laughs> yeah, his grandfather
1: was like I think you need a nap uh-huh. like, I'm not tired and then he even told the like Pacel med-
0: yeah. to get some essence of nightshade nice <laughs> uh-huh, to help him sleep poison his ass drug him do whatever you got to do I don't want to hear from him for days
1: I like how parents be doing that Like I'm gonna just give these kids some Benadryl and then we can go to the club girl uh, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
0: and they're inches away from death <laughs> Heart barely beating.
1: No, thank
2: you. <laughs>
1: Me putting these kids to sleep, and that's. And I don't even know how old he is, but he can't be no more. He can't be eighteen. Like he's no, barely
0: eighteen. I think he's like fifteen. Yeah, fourteen, like, something like that.
1: he's he, he not even like a grown man yet. And he just getting sun left and right, and it's crazy because like he was supposed to be marrying Sansa, and he bullied her. He really bullied her yeah. and still wanted to bully her even after she wasn't going to marry him no more. He was just a mom... sadistic
0: little fucker. Like...
1: Right. And I felt bad because Sansa was like, oh, yes, like, yay. His mom found somebody else for him to marry. And, like, Littlefinger was like, listen, just because you ain't marrying him, that don't mean you're not going to have to stick around. Like, you're not off the hook that. Yeah,
0: like, girl, don't be naive.
2: Right. Just what you thought.
1: <laughs> like no She's and- like so you can run away with me or you can stay here like make your choice and that's when we got
0: introduced well we already knew Marjorie, but when she yeah. came in to to actually be betrothed to Joffrey and it's just like okay yes like cool beans like finally like I liked Marjorie so much I love that she knew how to play the game she, she was did. always pissing Cersei off well, you gotta but- know
1: how to play the game because she was like to them, she was, like, too perfect, but he, she Joffrey knew that she was running stuff. Everybody knew she was wearing the pants.
0: Right. She just knew how to finesse it to where it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't seem as though she
1: was, but, yeah. And, and ladies, listen, when you get married, although the husband is the, the man of the house, listen, when they say behind every strong man is another they say black woman, it's a woman in general. Okay, we actually running stuff, and she she out here showing you how to do it. Yeah, you can learn
0: an, a expert. Lot yeah Marjor- an expert. Yeah, Yes, Marjorie Tyrell. Okay, right. You would have
1: thought she'd been married before. Uh, like yeah. her grandma, the ladies who raised her, they did a hell of a job because she knew how to play the game. She knew when to be quiet. She knew when to be soft. And she knew how to like get her way without being the loudest person in the room.
2: Yeah,
0: she's a very she used she was very subtle in her power. She had a subtle power, but it was power nonetheless. Like mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. And then I think this is the um. I think uh, Daenerys at this point she frees all the slaves in Yunkai, and they um they surround her and do like this ceremony where they call her Misa, like the mother. And oh. she gets all, all 200,000 of those people. Um, oh, and then, of course, I, we touched on it a little bit, but I definitely want to get back to the red wedding. So I told y'all, you know, Walter Frey, uh, he, he had a, an, a pact with Rob Stark, and Rob Stark was supposed to marry um, one of his daughters because Rob Stark at this time had been declared the king of the North. And so that was their alliance. You know, he was aligned, Walter Frey was aligned with Rob Stark. And the they solidified that alliance because Rob Stark was supposed to marry one of his daughters. But he ended up finding some other girl and marrying her. And then he brought the bitch to Walter Frey uh, while he was trying to apologize. And it, of course, it didn't end well. Walter Frey slaughtered everybody. He killed all of his men. He killed his dire wolf. He killed his mom. He killed him. He killed the baby. He killed his wife. I mean, they just went ham on everybody, and which is why it's called the Red Wedding. And it was devastating to watch. Arya um, was traveling with the Hound at this time because she had got captured. She's still dressed like a boy, but the Hound knows who she is because he had seen her before in King's Landing. So they're traveling. He wants to bring her to where her brother and mother are so that he can sell her back to them. And when they get there, uh, all her damn family is slaughtered right before he's able to make the change. So it was a real devastating <laughs>
1: Yeah, that moment. episode was crazy because it's like that whole time, you know, Arya was on the running and it was finally like, okay, Lady Stark's been wanting to put her family back together. That's been her main goal. So if it was sacrificing prisoners to do it, she was just right. going to do whatever it took. Family first, and then we'll come and start killing people. But let's get our family together first and figure out what we need to do and make a plan together Right. And Arya was like so close to getting there because she's been on the run and kind of like a little orphan and she's been going through life without her family. She's the youngest, well, one of the youngest ones, um, and and she's just out here in this world. And it just is like, okay, we're rooting for her to get back to her mom, and we're we would have been really happy for the mom to be like, okay, one of my babies is here. And, you know, she was already sending um, Brienne with Jamie Lannister to trade, you know, the Lannister for uh, Jamie for um, Sansa. So she was just so close. And then her son, the oldest son, just ruined it by marrying somebody and even impregnating her. And then he thought like, oh, I could just walk up in here, apologize, even though like I had originally made an oath to marry one of his daughters so we could connect our houses together and he he didn't see the significance of it he just wanted to be young dumb and in love but it was like listen when you make a deal especially when it comes to the other person would benefit a lot from this deal. You know, right. like, this and is like it's playing. the time
0: of war. Right, well. during the
1: time of war. And you playing, it's like you playing with big worms' money. Like, yeah. You play with you emotions. He said, I need my $200 by the end of the day, or it's your A, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, oh, like, what you thought smoke? You were just going to come back to big worms and be like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I smoked all the yeah. way. I'm sorry. You know?
0: Like, it won't happen just, again it, right. you know
1: like that stuff wasn't going down and paid in full it wasn't going down oh, in <laughs> it wasn't going down in Scarface and it wasn't going down in um, um what's the one with Wesley Slice it just wasn't going down
0: nobody having that shit look <laughs> be a man right. of your word when,
1: like, it's a, business is business and right. you can't just listen I know I said I was going to do this, but I just really, my heart told me to do something (laughs) (laughs) Something else.
0: I think, New Jack
1: City, yeah. New Jack City, they wasn't having it.
0: With with Rob, like, he listened to his mom because, you know, they have that tradition where if you, um, if someone welcomes you in under their roof and you eat their bread and salt, then they cannot bring any harm against you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, even if you're meeting with uh, somebody you're warring against, if y'all say y'all gonna have uh, a meeting or whatever, and y'all meet at one of the other people's castles, as long as you eat their bread and salt under their roof, they, by law, like, they cannot hurt you. And so when Rob went back to make his apologies, they did that. They followed the custom, they ate the bread and salt. He made his apology. Um, He said Edmure was gonna marry one of the daughters, you know. So, like, in Rob's eyes, everything was cool. He like, all right, I apologize. You accepted it. You scolded me a little bit, but you accepted it. You about to get a marriage anyway from Edmure, you know. So it's like he felt like, all right, you know, I've done enough to, to really remedy the, this wrong. But it's a fool who don't recognize right. when the reigns of Castamere is planned up there. Um, like Lady
1: Stark, she, she knew. She knew. And on top of that, it's like, yeah, you your dad was a very noble man and you know fought in these king's wars and stuff but you don't really know what war is right? and this is the beginning of war with your dad's death and at this point in time it's like if he lets you get away with it like back to New City and all these drug movies if he lets you get away with it people aren't going to respect him moving forward right. so he has to make a uh, you know an example out of you. Right. Like he had to and so you should have known better. You should have known better. You should have probably came with all your hitters or something because you can't just come up in here and say I'm sorry or you should just stayed on the run or something. Stayed on the run and then try to just fight your way out of it out and up, you know, little by little, whoever he sends for you. But yeah. yeah I don't but- even know why Lady Stark was there. Girl, you should have been Because Mm
0: -hmm. she, she felt like she had to be there to, because I think originally she's the one who made the deal with Walter Mm -hmm. on behalf of her son, but he accepted it. So it's like, yes, I negotiated this deal, but you said yes. So she had to be there because you were, you the person who made this deal with me. You know, he agreed, but I spoke to you. So yes, you got to come too. Why did why didn't he follow through? And then she's a noble woman anyway. Like I would expect her to be there. Got that ass ate the fuck up, killed dead. all
1: of them, all Drone. of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all of them. Wow! While, while After they ate and they started playing some music and they were you just know, sitting there just—they got wine hee-he.
0: in their bellies, they drunk yeah.
2: and shit.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good way to get somebody.
2: <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> That's a
1: good way, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. <sighs> all right, so season four. My God. This one was a good one, too. This one, I think I want to start off with Tyrion um, and his trial. Because, oh, well, first we have to start off while he would be on trial. In episode two, Joffrey finally get his uh, comeuppance, and that little nigga is killed. He is poisoned at his wedding. And Cersei go crazy. She is just distraught. And um, she, of course, blames Tyrion because she hates him, and she feels like, He's the reason that her son was poisoned. That he did it. He's always wanted to to see her um, in anguish and in pain. And oh man, that was such a good episode. I was and so I've never been so happy to see somebody die. It was such it's an odd feeling.
1: So deep with their family dynamic because we forgot to mention that even with Tyrion being a dwarf, his mother died giving birth to him, yes. and so he was. Even if he was a, a normal sized um, man, he still would have been the outcast of his family because his mother, for his life, his mother had to die. Right, and so they always held that grudge against a gr- grudge against him and treated him differently for yes. that. And Tyrone so
0: certainly did and Cersei, but Jamie did not. Right. Ja-
1: yeah, Jamie still kind of was like, oh, yeah, you're my brother, though. I love you, you know, yeah. I'm going to act like I hate you in front of dad and sister. But like, you know, you my dude. Right. But but it's like so anything tragic happens for the family because that was, I guess, their first family tragedy. So anything tragic that happens to the family, I, I feel like they just want to put it on him. They just want to f- find a way to make it his fault.
0: Right, and like, but but then too, I will say there was some relevance, I guess, to Cersei blaming him because even though Joffrey was a little shit, he did have um, Tyrion be his uh, his cupbearer. So you're the one bringing him the wine, and then now he's poisoned by the wine you was bringing him. So there is.
1: Oh, and he did like a little cheer speech, did like a toast, right? But yeah, to you and your happy marriage. And she already knew that. Tyrion never cared for Joffrey anyway. But, like, girl, bye, because nobody liked your son. Like, nobody. So it could have literally been anybody there.
2: Right. (laughs)
1: Could have killed him. You just chose, and that was another reason why I brought up their histories. Like, you just chose to blame it on Tyrion because Joffrey made enemies with every single person.
0: Yeah, everybody he met. But I think, too, um, what sort of helped Cersei's case is the fact that Sansa ran off. Which was smarter, Sansa. They would have killed her ass, too. Which was Tyrion's
1: wife. Right. So, yeah, so it it like, kind of makes it look consistent. And not
0: only that, but Joffrey has tortured Sansa. He killed you know, Ned Stark. He had Robb Stark killed, because technically he was the king at the time, so he gets the credit for that. So, in her mind, she's like, you did this for your new wife to, to try and, you know, make her happy, or y'all plotted together, or she did this for you. Like, you never know. So, I think that her suspicions were definitely rooted in some sort of of logic. But I think with her hating him all her, these years, it just kind of drove her into madness. It was like, nope, he did it. I know he did. Like, this is mm. what I've been waiting
1: on. Yeah. Which their marriage, too, is like, but everybody knows they just made them get married just for the sake of, like, okay, let's still keep her in the house. And you're no longer the the hands of the king but let's just give you something else to be you know the, here's your your new mission is get her pregnant you know right like, so you
0: can take over the north
1: right so it's like I agree with Brian in a way but it's like everybody everybody in that king, that area in the south just knew like everything that was going on within that castle was just all like them just trying to find a way to still like Be in a good position for this war that's about to start. And yeah.
0: Right. So it's
1: just just for families. It's just some twisted, sick stuff going on.
0: Right. And so that resulted in the death of Joffrey, which led to um, Tyrion being on trial for his murder, um, which he, I can't think of the word I want to use, so I won't use it, but he denied it. to the fullest extent of his power, he denied the fact that he had killed the king. He said he didn't know. He don't have no, no parts of it. It wasn't me. And Cersei um, brought in all types of witnesses and people who would use um, words that he said in the past against him. He wasn't allowed to speak. He just had to kind of stand there while everybody slandered his name and told lies. Um, we, and then the final straw for him was he had a, a whore named Shay whom he had fell in love with and they had been together over a few seasons. And Cersei uh, brought her in as well to stand uh, witness or to stand on the witness podium and, and say that she knew that Tyrion was guilty of this and how he conspired for Sansa and all this other stuff. So at that, at that point is when he broke down and he was like, nah, like, I want to trial by combat because you hoes is in here plotting against me and I will have no more parts of it. And for those who don't know, a trial by combat is is just what it sounds like. You, there are two people. Each, if you're on trial, you choose a champion, or you can fight for yourself if you're capable. And those two people fight to the death. And whomever wins, then if you're the champ, if that's your champion, then you're innocent. But if the other person's champion wins, then you're found guilty, and then you have to deal with whatever sentencing they give you. Mm. And that battle with between so Tyrion's champion ends up being. Um, uh, Oberyn Martell, who is one of the princes of Dorne um, in the south. And then Cersei chooses the Mountain, who is the Hound's brother. He's, uh, he's worked for the Lannisters for years. In fact, he killed um, Elia Martell, who was Ob- Prince Oberyn's sister, and he killed all of her kids. So that's the reason he decided to be Tyrion's champion in the first place, was because he wanted revenge against the Mountain. And they battled. Oh, man, that was... It was intense. I remember um, breathing heavily through that, too. Heart was beating. Like, what's going to happen? And, again, you don't expect it to end the way that it did with Prince, the Prince Oberon's head getting crushed and, like, exploding. Like, Yes. What? Like, what? Yes.
1: Like, that's some sh- human strength right there. I had never seen nobody's head get crushed.
0: You know, I thought about crushing somebody's shit before, but I ain't never just done it. Like-
1: That's the real bone crusher right there. You know, <laughs> he was tall and big too. Like
2: man, mm-hmm. like, so I can
1: only imagine like how they explained how he killed that guy's sister because they said he split her in half. Yeah, like, after oh my he raped her. After. right, bro. Yes. Yeah,
0: like oh, just devastating.
2: Mhm.
1: Yeah, but and and you know, it just like Cersei. You of all people, like their family, are notorious for being like shit talkers. Like they can talk, they can spit some game, okay? Mm -hmm. They both, they all talk to each other crazy, and for her to use that as a way to like, as like um, more evidence as to why he killed Joffrey, like girl like that's a normal everyday family conversation that's that's dinner at y'all's house okay
0: (laughs) that's just how y'all operate that's just how y'all operate so it's
1: like come on like you just don't like him
0: yeah man that was that was a good episode um that just that whole little dynamic with Tyrion um and then of course After So the mountain crushes Oberyn's head, but he also is fatally wounded as well. But because Oberyn was instantly dead, that means that Tyrion lost the trial by combat and he was sentenced to death by his own father. Um, Also, I think it's worth mentioning that because Joffrey died in the second episode, his younger brother, Tommen, succeeded to the throne, or ascended to the throne, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, And he... He was now in charge, but because he was so young and he was easily manipulated, I mean easily manipulated, uh, they had him uh, recuse himself of all of the trial or the hearing and everything like that and just let the adults handle it. So Tyrion ended up being sentenced to death by his damn daddy. Um, but luckily, that's why I mentioned earlier that Jamie didn't blame him for the death of his mother. Jamie ends up releasing his little brother and he paused with Lord Varys to get Tyrion out of there. But Tyrion <laughs> needs to have his revenge of his own, so he goes to his dad's uh, chambers with a crossbow, and he finds the whore Shay, in his daddy bed, asking mm. for his daddy, calling her his daddy, my lion, which mm-hmm, is what she used to call lion. him. Uh huh. Oh, and he snapped. He killed that bitch, and then he went to find his pa, and and he put two arrows in him before he fled the city. And that was a game changer.
1: And, and speaking of killing, this is when we start to see Arya on the rise to her, like, killing as well. Uh, did she did already she...
0: make it to the House of the Undying?
1: Well, no, no, no. She was still with uh, the Hound this season.
0: Okay. So that must mean that's when, um, this season is when Brianna Tarth and the Hound have their fight. Yeah. Okay, okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But she did do a lot of killing with the Hound.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the thing
1: about it was, she was the type, like, first of all, they were sharing one horse, uh-huh. you know. So just imagine, you know, like, think about, like, in the hood, like, back in the day, somebody riding the bike and you sitting on the bar. Yes. <laughs> so it's- she's sitting on the bar, and he just pedaling, <laughs> riding, taking her. And then they would, like, um, pass up some people and she'd be like, oh, I think that's that fool over there. They uh, killed my mama. And she just hops off the bike and stuff. Just be hopping off the horse. trying to
0: fight somebody. And (laughs) and
1: start killing people. And he's like, wait, hold on, hold on. You got to tell me when you want to start murdering people. Because I got to be ready. Like, I mean, I'm a killer, you know. Like, I'm ready. I'm down anytime, any day. But you just got to kind of.
2: You say know, something, a don't just
1: yeah. Just give me a little, a little heads up. You can't just be popping in places, just try to like start murking people, like because you're really not that good of a fighter yet, you know. <laughs> like,
0: Itty bitty ass, a,
1: right? Like you try to get us both killed, but he was down for it. He just said, "Hey, like tell me who, who you," because he knew like he couldn't talk her out of it. She was gonna do it anyway, so he just be like, "All right, but if we are gonna do it, let's just do it my way." Right. Uh, Because my
0: way is going to be successful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's like, hold on, little thugger. Like, you can't just be out here (laughs) trying to do drive-bys. Like, that's not how it works.
0: You know, you ain't ain't that advanced. You got to level up a little bit.
1: (laughs) So, we get to start seeing her evolve into this, you know, this little killer. Like, okay, we see you with your little... Your little thin sword. Mm-hmm. Okay. Needle
0: in the house. Right. <laughs> and then I think, too, when she first uh, meets Brienne, right before uh, the Hound and Brienne start fighting, you can see how, um, I don't want to say enamored, but how taken she is with her and how she's like, oh, my God, like this is a lady knight. Like, she has a sword. Like, she knows how to use it. Like, they're really,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, they're like, really what's happy. Her
1: st- yeah, she's like, what's your story? Like, I need to know more.
0: Right. And then, once Brienne starts to realize that that's Arya oh. and mm-hmm. that that's the Hound and, like, and you
1: the know. hound he's and this is what ruined it. The hound noticed that she was carrying Jamie's sword, and he was right. like, "Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you you swore to protect the Stark family, but you out here
0: with this carrying- Lannister mm-hmm. gold on this your armo, lip- mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like
1: like where you get your gap from? Because a
0: big ass lion on it, mm-hmm. talking about that right. you serve the, the Starks. <laughs> Our sigil is a wolf." So, yeah. Um, they, oh, and uh, they
1: gave it to you. Oh, that's even worse because you didn't right. steal it. Like, so right. they gave it to you. So if you don't, so serve y'all friends, them, right? Right. So they so you, just but you it, don't you serve see. them, and they gonna and Jamie, you know this like normal the king noble, slayer, right? King slayer, noble guy, just giving you his sword. Like I and we know you ain't sleeping with nobody. <laughs>
2: Because you, you a tall
1: woman, so you didn't get it from sleeping with him, <laughs> right?
0: You didn't take the Marjorie um method, <laughs> yeah, if you you, will. Didn't, you didn't go
1: the whole route because I mean, we all, we all wouldn't believe it if you get, claimed that you did, so right? Like, how yeah, how did you get this?
0: And then she ended up whooping the hound ass, like, I'm gonna show you. <laughs> 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 With these paws. I'm going
2: to put these paws on you real and quick. And that was the first time that...
1: Well, we saw him kind of lose a fight, but, like, he really took an L on this fight real yes. for real forever. entry for death. And, yeah, and this was a struggle, too, because um, Brienne made her fights look a little easy as well because she was quick, real mm-hmm. quick. But that was a struggle. She had to... Well, I mean this is the first time we was really hearing her like scream. She, she and, went
0: and fed on that ass she, Yeah she like, ah. and she was like it
1: was like out so, like this is the first time we ever even seen her like you know get knocked out like she kind of yeah. got knocked out so she she fighting Debo right like nobody messes with Debo you know. but she over here really like going for it and yeah. she came out like Craig you know yeah <laughs> For real,
0: <laughs> except she didn't get the girl with her dumb right. ass.
1: <laughs> the, the girl ran away.
0: You know, like, I'm, scared. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared of you. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, and that's then funny. that's what led Arya to go overseas. <laughs> and then, okay. So then also in this season, um, season four, that's when Daenerys takes over Marine. I love when she first gets there, and she throws all of the chains from the old places or the old slaves that she has helped, and she throws it to the city to show those slaves, like I'm serious, like I'm a liberator, like y'all about first to be out of these my chains. name. Yes. Right? Oh, I love <laughs> when she says her titles. First oh of man. She's I love
1: like, it. what did she say? Mother of Dragons, uh, the
0: Breaker of Chains, Breaker the of chain. the Khaleesi Ooh. of the Great Grass Sea, the Queen Ooh. of the First Men, and the Andels.
1: What, girl, like, she got so many, stuff, you know, girl. yes, and I got two degrees, and what,
0: <laughs> and no because, kids,
1: right? Oh, okay, look, I ain't got no man, I ain't got no kids, like, I got three dragons, right? 25 and flourishing, like, you
0: know, all these up? followers. She took over <laughs> right. Marine, and I think that was an important season for her because she realized that. Just because you have the name and just because you are powerful, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a good ruler. So she took the time to stay in marine and learn how to rule. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very important for her. She had all of her issues with um, the um, what are they called? The ones that oh. wear the masks. I cannot think of their names. Oh,
1: the um, the oh my gosh, I forgot what their name was. The un... not the un. No, yeah, the, that's the, what I was going to say too. The um
0: they wear the masks. They wear these masks and they um. They oh want gosh. to, they pretty much want to take the city back from Daenerys. It's the, uh, the slave owners because everywhere she's going, she's liberating the slaves and she's killing some masters and then the rest of them, she's like, y'all gonna be integrated into my new world pretty much. There ain't no slavery. Um,
1: and I love, 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 love this because think about this, y'all. This Game of Thrones is written is a book that was turned into a TV show, written by an old white guy, and he didn't finish all the books yet. But he allowed, uh, like HBO, and their team of writers to just kind of develop the story that he has in his mind and just put it out on the screen. And I don't know how many black people work for this show, but I think they took the essence of the black struggle and portrayed it in this story with the Unsullied because although she freed them from slavery, we learned that like although you say okay, your structure of life is no longer slavery, like if you're going to work for somebody, they must pay you, but their mentality was still stuck in the slave-like mentality. And they even tried to like um, convince her to allow them to still be slaves.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, the, she, and she mm-hmm. had to
1: learn it was deeper than that. Like, okay, yeah, we were slaves, but it's deeper than that. Like their family heritage was tied into that. Right. Like it wasn't just a simple overnight, like, okay, we're no longer slave. Like this takes time. Like you can't be Abraham Lincoln writing, you know, the 15th Amendment or whatever <laughs> the the abolishment things and um think that just like slavery's gonna go away. that's just not how it it works and i just think that that was just beautifully displayed because that's literally what we live in today as a society like
0: and she also had to learn that just because she had eradicated slavery in the previous cities that without her to stay there and enforce that that they just brought slavery back they waited for her to leave and they're like all right well now like you said that mentality we're just gonna go back to how we've been doing things so,
1: because this is our culture, this is our world. Like, what else could we do? Like, if exactly. we're not a slave, how else do we eat? Because although we were slaves, like our slave masters were taking care of us the good ones, the nice ones,
0: <laughs> the good ones, yeah, the if nice they was worth were. it, and it,
1: yeah, and, and the, the nice ones will, will allow you to do stuff, they gave you um, liberty. But then it was like, okay, if you grew up in slavery your whole life and now you're a, a senior as you would say or just somebody like our grandparents age okay now you still can't live your life happy because you got all of these 90s and 80s babies out here using the n-word and just disrespecting the whole culture as a whole and it's like you can't even just go They, they were saying like okay yeah but we're free but the young people won't even let us like live our lives. They gonna um, steal food from us. They gonna do, you know. They gonna just. There disrespect. was no structure,
0: no order. It was no just, just chaos. We're losing yeah. the love.
1: Yeah, the young people was running the amok. The old people were scared, and then they just wanted to go back to their slave master. And then the
0: masters is plotting to bring all of the right. Back. And the
1: and the masters was like, "Yes, I'm glad that this is all." going chaotic the way it is because this proves that what we were doing was necessary and it wasn't necessary because the rest of the country don't do it. Right. And everybody's fine. She
0: just didn't instill a new system and that was the Mm -hmm. issue. Like you took this away but what are you gonna replace it with? And also I remember the people that opposed her were the sons of the harpy. Those are the ones who wore the the mask.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then she was like but I, I put in you know like these um food pantry places like where people can go and eat and she's like but they're like yeah the young people are taking over though yeah we can't go there like that's not a safe place for us right and it's like dang so like what you thought you were doing it still didn't you know like
0: it sounded good on paper but in reality it just caused more issues yes you solved one problem but you created a a plethora of, of new problems. Yeah, now. like,
1: you created social security, but now your social security, you got people in here having five, six babies, not working, just soaking up all this government money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, like, applying to real life. Like, they, whoever wrote this took the essence of that and put it on screen. And I just was like, whew. I don't know if because uh, Black Here, Month was just, like, a month almost a, two, almost a month ago, so I don't know what this is in me, but i it just came out when I rewatched all of this again, and, yeah, like I couldn't help but notice all of that stuff, like, dang,
0: he definitely draws from um his name is George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. he definitely draws from history as well as real world um, scenarios that we go through today. So you're absolutely right. He, yeah. It's just I couldn't notice
1: that. It's yeah. Just... I couldn't ignore that.
0: It's so great. What else happened? Oh, um, <laughs> in this season, um, I think it's the last episode of the season, but, uh, that's when they have the battle on the wall when the wildlings make, they attempt to, to, t- to storm castle black and, and get over the wall because they're trying to get away from the white walkers, um, and they're like, look, y'all got this big ass 700 foot ice wall and y'all keeping us over here and they just killing us. They slaughtering us. So excuse me. So we need to do whatever we can to make it to the other side of the wall so that we can be safe. And of course, the nice watch, they believe that it's their mission to keep the wildlands out. They so damn misguided and stupid. They don't realize that that was never their mission to begin with. But uh, a, a glorious battle ensues where we get to really see some of the defenses that the wall has. We get to see exactly um, how many wildlings there are. Not all of them, but we see a, a great number of them. We see the mammoths. We get to see the giants for mm-hmm. the first time. And we're just like, oh my God, like it, all of these
1: things live world. out there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: they're all just trying to get to safety. And I don't know. I think it was just very, it was, it was a good episode for one.
1: It just draws back to like the humanity uh, storyline because through all of this, like who's going to get the throne? You see the story of like the, um, with the crows, how th- they're supposed to be there to just protect the country as a whole. So they're like the military, right? They're there to protect. Right the country and they think like oh we just need to keep the country from the dangers of the north and they just see the dangers of the north as the wildlings aka people who are just free they're free of kings they're they're free of that whole um structure of just like titles and stuff um they're just living their lives like we don't need to have somebody rule over us and like I mean we just go by morals and our morals are this and if you, you know you ain't with it you can't mess with us like and you
0: can get the fuck from out yeah, of here right? yeah free. Go, south, go
1: south right and they just have this free thinking um but they also they live in the, the north where the white walkers are alive and thriving and so they have to live a certain way they have a different Mentality of what survival is versus Absolutely. everybody else that's south of that wall, their their survival tactics is just like stay on top and you good, like or obey the king and you know right. you can
0: or live conspire with- and become the damn king yeah. because everybody wants to be
2: the
1: king. So they're living in this pop culture world of the Kardashians, while you know the people north of the wall, they're the the woke. People as you may say, <laughs> right, and then you got the 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 knife guard that has a little bit of woke people they're the social media people they're like a little woke, they're like a little some people are stuck into the same mentality of like no, like this is what life is really about, mm-hmm. and so they struggle with each other, but overall us as a um as an audience can see that like okay, yeah. Y'all, the people south of the wall, y'all worried about the wrong thing. And even some of the free thinkers, like y'all, okay, y'all wanna fight and talk about like who's better or whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, if y'all don't get south of this gosh darn wall, right, like y'all gonna be the first ones to go. So I
0: yeah. think like it, it it was just good, you know, like you said, you get to see that there are different viewpoints on both sides. Like not everybody agrees, not everybody disagrees, but ultimately they're still fueled by what they have been told or, or the the norms. So they just mm-hmm. sort of go with that. Like we got to keep the wildlings out, and that's ultimately what they do. They push and, them back, and they don't allow them past the wall, and they lose a lot of people in the process.
1: And a lot of the people think that the White Walkers are a myth. They just think it's a story or whatever that you know they that just keeps the little kids scared or whatever but it's right. like no these people are really real and like this is what the the bigger issue is
0: right and and it's funny that you say that too because since the first season they've been sending letters down and and trying to alert the lords and everybody that that this is really happening and that the um the white walkers do exist but nobody seems to believe them and i do want to go on a quick sort of tangent over to uh, discussing uh, Brandon Stark because we haven't talked about mm-hmm. him yet. And in the third season, he um, or maybe it's the fourth one. Between the third and the fourth one, he's traveling. Um, he gets north of the wall and he is going to meet the three-eyed raven because Bran has this power where uh, we're told that he's the only thing that matters and that he's going to be the key to, to stopping the White Walkers and and He has to learn how to utilize his power, so he has to go to this cave, which is north of the wall, to meet the Three-eyed Raven to get training. And he does. He's on his journeys there with Hodor, and uh, who is like a giant or half giant that all and all he says is Hodor. And um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he have uh, summer his dogs with him, whom who he can warg into, and the warg is like you know he can get and he can see. Through the eyes of the dog, he can get into the skin and he can control the animal. Not yeah, just
1: he, he can use them as a like a muse or, or right like... as
0: his vessels to do yeah, whatever vessel. he please. And um, so he goes. Like he can already kind of do that, but he's not trained. He's not skilled at it, so he needs to go and learn from the three-eyed raven so that he himself can become the new three-eyed raven. Fun stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, yeah, he just puts his spirits in their body and and move throughout that because he's crippled from one and two right. like some of these people are in different places of time as well
0: exactly he's able to oh. see the past present and the future mm-hmm. um, which he doesn't know at that time he starts to when he gets to the three out of Raven that's when he really learns the um, the capability of his power but um, I did want to just mention that because I know we hadn't talked about Bran or even Samwell for that matter right. <laughs> Um who gets on my nerves? Oh, but Ugh. They're, they
1: are—they are very important to the story. We they all know are. that Bran is—he—he's um, what is necessary. He's needed. We just don't know how.
0: Right, how he fits to the puzzle to the
1: puzzle, mm-hmm. and he's learning too that he has to be careful when he is traveling to the past in the present to not interfere with it because he knows at the end of the day. Whatever is written, I guess you say, um, must oh. happen. Okay, so
0: see that that though. I'm glad you said that because I don't know that I agree. So the three eyed Raven told him that the ink is already dry. Like the past is the past; you can't change it. But if you remember, in season six, when he was being taught, and you know he's being shown the Tower of Joy scene, um, he watches it the first time. That's when he realizes that his dad lied about beating. Um, Sir Arthur Dane, and that mm. it was really um, Howland Reed stabbed him in the back and then Ned killed him. Um, when they first show the original just clip, his dad goes up the tower and he's like, what's in the tower? And then the um, Three hour raven brings him out of the vision. The next time he's in the vision, he's like, he calls out, he's like, father. And then Ned Stark turns around and looks back. But of course he doesn't see anything. And then the third time when they do it, he doesn't call out father, but Ned Stark still looks back. And that that really stuck out to me because I believe that he can change the past, or even think about with Hodor. He was looking in the past memory, and because he was warging through the past and listening, warging Hodor in the present, he fucked up this man's whole life. Hodor's right. real name is Willis, actually. That's and- it, but that's
1: what I'm saying. Not that he, not that he. Physically can't change it, but that he he's not supposed to.
0: Ah, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's
1: learning what happens when you when you I, do it.
0: I think that that was the main reason that yeah. the night that the Night King. I think that's the main reason that the Three eyed Raven brought him to that time right before he died because he needed to show him the consequences right. of of changing the past. And it, it's the holder is someone he knows. He grew up with him, and for him to know that you you ruined this man's life. That has to have a lasting effect on you, and for you to know, like to tread lightly when you're doing these things. Right.
1: And on top of that, it was like he only got to that point because he was, you know, you know, trying to jump in and out, and was saw by a White Walker, and the White Walker put his mark on him because he was able to touch him. Right. And now he had to put people in the position to flee because he was in a safe space. Right, And now he got to leave that safe space, but he was there for a purpose. He knew that it was his purpose, and now he put, he's put in a position where he has to fulfill his purpose elsewhere because...
0: And he lost his teacher, so now yeah. you have to learn it on your own. Exactly. <laughs> right. So
1: he's learning, like, okay, yeah, you're only here to see and to know. You're really not supposed to interfere.
0: Right. Um. Let's see. So, moving along in season five, <laughs> um, young Tyrion, after he killed his pops, he flared with Lord Varys, and they go to meet Daenerys, um, because Tyrion wants to be her advisor. Um, what Jorah? I think he got found out in season four that he was betraying Daenerys or spying on her, oh my God. and he was sent away, like banished. Pretty much, it always reminded me of. And Lion King two, Simba's Pride, when Simba was like exile against the Kovu, and it was like, oh, they start singing their song, but he had to leave. That's kind of what it reminds me of every time. (laughs) I love that song. Um, What else happened? Season five.
1: Um, This is when Arya is training. Yes,
0: uh, in the House of the Undying. Yeah. With Jack and Hagar to
1: Uh be a faceless
0: man. Yes, yes. Which
1: we all need to remember. He's just a man. Jack and her guard does not exist.
0: He's Uh, no one. That's right. He's
1: no one. And she has to learn that, which I think was really a good lesson. I'm still trying to find all the little points. But from what I'm understanding is sometimes you have to, like, you literally have to humble yourself. Humble yourself because, yeah, it is cool that you can come up in here and be the master of disguise, like literally the master of disguise. Right. But you can't just be smelling yourself as a master of disguise. Right. Now, however, there was like a little twist and turn because it was like the gods of faces or whatever. Like it was on some religious type stuff and she was like, Wait, hold on. I ain't know this had to do with
2: religion. <laughs> you know. I mean, like,
0: I just wanted to learn. I got some niggas on my list.
1: Right. Like, get I've always like, wanted to be a fighter, but if I could disguise myself and be a fighter so I can literally get up on my enemy without them knowing that I'm there. Like, that's what she wanted to to have the essence of that. But he was like, Wait a minute, I didn't know I had to like Worship this God, or like right. follow this, the the rules of this God. My faith,
2: you
0: know, right? I'm <laughs> deeply rooted in in my faith, like, right?
1: <laughs> so I thought that was cool. So it was like she was learning how to humble herself, but also stay true to her um, self. With when it came to that religion, she it was too cult, like where you literally had to give up. Everything. Yeah, and that wasn't for her. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, like, she, she's like, I'm not trying to move out into the wilderness and join this cult and <laughs> right and sip the Kool Aid because they were literally sipping the Kool Aid and killing themselves off. Like she's like, uh-uh, I don't know about all of that. And, and you then you gonna have me killing people that I don't even know. Why does it? Why did yeah. they die? <laughs>
0: yeah, and she definitely didn't agree with that. And that's what caused her to have struggles along the way. You know, she got blinded. Well, she killed Marin Trant who was on her list, and she Ooh. stole a face out of there. And that's why she got
1: blinded. And that was a good one because he was in there like abusing these girls. Uh-huh. And, and when he, it was her turn to be abused and whipped with this stick, he had to break the stick on her. And even then she wasn't like folding. She didn't she didn't really like moan or seem like it really hurt. And he was like, Oh, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to give you all my best. then. I'm going to really just give it to you and um, show you who's boss. And she went and murked that dude. Like, I mean, killed him slowly and let him know. We started to see, like, oh, she's going to be that type of killer. Like, I'm going to let you know it's me. And I'm going to let you know Crazy why. as fuck. That's right. when I
0: realized, like, Ari is fucking crazy. This girl is every bit of nine, ten years old. And she out here murking people like this. You're crazy. Yeah,
1: like, I don't even th- think she became a woman. I don't even th- think she had her blood, as they all oh, say. Oh, no. yeah. She I didn't don't even have her so. blood yet. She no. don't have some
0: blood, though. She got, she has called forth a lot of blood in
2: her life <laughs> and in her own. But, no. She,
1: she, yeah, and she said, you're going to know my name when you die. Like, mm-hmm. Girl, I, I thought that was a cold one.
0: I just, I loved, I loved it, but I was also like, yeah, this bitch is crazy. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm coming to realize. <laughs> um, it's
1: like you can't wait till she becomes an adult. Like, oh, she's gonna be what are you, right? Like, you gonna be like a mixture of Brienne, um, Jack and Harkarth or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. and. Home girl um, Oberyn's girlfriend. She's gonna oh, be oh a mixture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gonna be a mixture of all of them.
0: I I think I I think okay that it's gonna be so good. I think she's gonna play a key role in in the next season, which we'll get to eventually. But I think yes, I think she's gonna be awesome. Um, I
1: want her to be the Jamie Lannister for Daenerys like what Jamie Lannister was supposed to be. Like I I can see her doing that. Like I can see Daenerys, like I said, she Beyoncé having a team of powerful women cuz she already has that girl that the translator
2: Masande. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, Masande from the slave land. That's like, you know, I think sh- she's grooming her in a way. Um but she's gonna have her on her side. She's gonna have old girl from um uh oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank on these names? She's gonna have the Iron Blood girl, um Well,
0: she's been captured, remember? Um um their uncle Euron captured Yara.
1: Yeah, Yara. But I feel like, you know, she might she might. We don't know, depending on how this she might die, but she might make it to to um Daenerys especially with his whole agenda is to marry Daenerys anyway so he can grow all well, together
0: but he has been trying to marry Cersei that's the thing like he oh, haven't yeah, he haven't proposed he to did. Daenerys or anything he 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 only met Daenerys in the dragon pit when they were showing the white walkers up until then he had never met her and it was Theon and Yara that came to Daenerys and they made the the pact with her but then Yara got captured, and th- at the end of uh, season seven, uh, he was supposed to be going to get Yara and rescuing her, but we don't know if he's going to be successful or not.
1: Yes, I forgot about So uh, clearly I didn't get to catch up on season seven like I was supposed to. But, um, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> Originally his goal was to marry her, but, I mean, if they already went to- – they made it – They. Beat him to the punch. Right,
0: exactly, and then so
1: it wouldn't make sense for him to go to her at this point anyway. So, right,
0: yeah. So that's why he chose Cersei. And speaking of Cersei, ass in season five, that's when she arms the Faith Militant and she gets Marjorie and her brother thrown into prison, and then her own dumb ass into prison too because she didn't realize that um, the High Sparrow had his own agenda. And then, like you talked about earlier, her walk of shame. Uh, that eventually led to that, where she had to walk through the streets naked. They cut her hair. Um, and she was just, I mean, she was stripped of all of her dignity and her clothes, hell. She mm-hmm. didn't have, and her titles and authority. She didn't have anything else. Like, she was, it was just bad, bad. And the only way she was able to even do that was because she had to go to the High Sparrow and confess her sins, you know? So mm-hmm. the same man that she gave authority to and power to so that that was really hard for her to to humble herself enough to get out of that situation um
1: and it still wasn't quite enough for her to truly learn her lesson no cuz
0: the way she got her revenge was so cold <laughs> like
1: Mm-mm. and and then ended up you know um losing her daughter and then losing her son right and the thing about it was it's like she wanted to blame everybody, but she had to slowly start to realize that it was her at her own doing.
0: I will say that I don't I, I agree, except for her daughter, Marcella, because she didn't do anything to the Tyrells. She didn't do anything to Dorn. Uh, Elaria Sand hated them because uh, Oberon died, but he chose to be Tyrion's champion, you know? So mm-hmm. she was upset. Like, he died protecting the Lannister. The Lannisters killed his, um, his sister and his children. So she hated that uh, Marcella was there and she was a Lannister. She's like, I want to take revenge on the Lannisters. And the best way to do it is to kill this little girl. But that is one thing I will say. Cersei had nothing to do with, with, her, with her daughter dying. But she, she, was,
1: uh, she was upset that her daughter was... Um... Was set up to marry them in the first place. Yes,
0: yeah, she was upset, but there was nothing she could do. She didn't have any power to stop them. Like, she was, um, she did not like she ever went to Dorne. She never threatened them or anything. Like, mm-hmm. she had no say in that. And Alaria's saying was just crazy as fuck. And she, she took it out on that little girl. But I think that's the only thing I feel, I feel like I'll give Cersei to where it's like, okay, that you didn't deserve. Like, when. H-
1: how did that arrangement happen again?
0: Tyrion um back when in season two when he became the hand of the king and he was trying to uh, see uh, who everybody was betraying him he told each person that he was going to send her off to a different land just to see who would go back to Cersei Mm -hmm. and um it was Maester Pycelle and he had told Pycelle that he was going to marry her off to Dorne so that's what he did because Stannis Baratheon was coming um and he knew that if they lost the Battle of Blackwater Bay and that Stennis sacked the city, he didn't want Marcel there to be killed and raped. So he was like, I would rather you go to Dorne where it's safe and, and you live your life there, you know? Yeah. So she didn't even have any say in that because Tyrion was the hand of the king. So.
1: Right. Okay. But this is, this is why I had to remember that part because it still is her, her own doing because she's the one who killed the king to begin with. And that's what started this war.
0: Okay, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot argue with that one. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, she was already told in the prophecy uh that all her kids was going to die. She was told in the beginning of this season, season five, that all of her kids would die before her and that she would only have three. So, I mean, she definitely should have been expecting it.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I mean, and her son wouldn't have been exposed to begin with um because he wouldn't have been king like that young anyway. Um Joffrey he wouldn't have been king that young had it not been that she killed her husband. Right. So you know, he got poisoned when it was he, at his wedding. Um and then, you know, once he got poisoned, that's when it was time for baby brother to step up and when the, the baby brother was old enough, you know, he actually loved his queen and you know what happened after that?
0: Yes. Um
2: Yes. Which
1: he didn't, at that point in time, it was like his mother couldn't have um, soothed him or consoled him because he probably hated her because she was the reason why his wife had to get in prison for a while.
0: But at that time, like, she was like, she was already out. You know, they both had made it out. This was supposed to be her trial day, you know, and and because she was so worried about watching it blow up herself and about, um, And about making sure she got her revenge against Septa Unela and all of her little plans for her revenge, she neglected to be there for her son. I think if she would have been there with him when she killed everybody and, I don't know, acted like she was surprised or like, oh, my goodness, like I'm here for you, like, whatever, I don't think he would have killed himself. But the fact that he did love his wife, like you said, his wife was just killed by his mother, whom he knew it was because the mountain wasn't letting him leave. I think it was just too much for him to mentally bear but if she would have been there with him she could have at least swayed him like, Played, like, a, played yeah, it off yeah uh-huh.
1: that's what I'm saying like he knew he couldn't trust his mom at that point in time so it was like he really had nobody to talk to
0: and he just killed himself with his dumb ass right um, also in this one was one of my favorite scenes too um, Daenerys and Marine she reopens the fighting pits in order to sort of appease the masters and, and that the major scene They the sons of the harpy attempt to attack her and and try and kill off all of her people. And you know, they they get her surrounded, and just when it seems like all hope is lost, Drogon flies in and saves the day, starts killing everybody. That's
1: her baby. Yes. Listen, he might not be there when she wants him, (laughs) but he is always my god on time. My god, talk about it. Listen he is, they're so intertwined and connected and yes. I think like he has a, a, the essence of what her family legacy is that that stern meanness.